I'm John Weiland, Head of Research for InfraLogic. Welcome to InfraLogic's Crossroads Podcast. I'm joined today by Research Managers Alexander McLeod and Giulio Camolini to discuss InfraLogic's 2021 League Tables and Fundraising Reports. Guys, welcome. Giulio, let's start with you. What do you see as the most significant highlights from 2021? Hi, John. Well, uh, thanks for having me today. First of all, we need to say that 2021 was a record year for the infrastructure and energy markets funded by the private sector. Uh, we saw deal volume rising rising by almost 27% uh, year over year, which is like a big a big data, right? Going more in depth, what caught my eye was that these uh, growing figures in new attractive and ESG-friendly technologies like hydrogen, but also battery storage, uh, EV infrastructure, and RNG projects. This is because the market is changing, especially in the energy spheres, uh, for uh, reasons that we all know about, <laughs> and we uh, have like an increase in demand for new projects. Right? Uh, think about hydrogen, for instance. We actually did not see too many greenfield projects closing in 2021 but we saw a spike in development agreements. So basically companies coming together and creating joint ventures to develop uh, hydrogen projects. In terms of financing though, usually these projects require big, big investments, more than billion dollar investments. So this could take longer to raise that, right? So we forecast this financing to uh, take place in the next couple of years. And it's actually very exciting for uh, from our perspective to see which players will uh, take part in these deals and will participate in this market. I think it's important also to separate uh, the interest caught by green hydrogen and blue hydrogen. Basically, green hydrogen requires renewable energy to uh, produce, while blue hydrogen requires natural gas. And the recent spike in uh, uh, global prices made green hydrogen much more attractive. Green hydrogen will surely be a hit in the next decade uh, for big markets, but also for emerging countries. Um, I like to mention Chile, Uruguay, Colombia, but also India. They are very active and they have governments that are pushing towards these uh, new technology and this new uh, type of energy source. Talking about other subsectors, we saw a massive amount of deals closing in 2021 in the battery storage subsector, especially in the US and in the UK. One of the most interesting deals is Next Era uh, Energy funding a battery storage system in California by raising approximately $700 million in debt and uh, with 10 uh, lenders involved. So it was a very complex and structured financing. The US market was also very active for RNG. Uh, they are renewable natural gas projects where we saw more than double of deals reaching financial close year over year compared with 2020. In this field, it's interesting the approach we're seeing from big players of the market. Just think that Macquarie launched uh, this week a new platform to develop these type of projects. They're basically converting waste into uh, low carbon energy. So 2021 was uh, very exciting for these markets. We saw these uh, new trends. They're creating many new opportunities and they will continue doing for sure in the next years. Interesting. Uh, okay. Yeah. Alex? Yeah. Hi, John. Yeah. I think for me, on the other hand, you know, taking into account uh, all, all of those, you know, positive renewable stories, it was also a big year for, let's say, the more traditional energy sectors. Um, you had, you know, major one-off projects in Russia, um, the Arctic 2 LNG project sponsored by a consortium of oil majors that clocked in at around 25 billion US dollars. 
There's also an Amur gas chemical complex that was sponsored by a Sino-Russian petrochemicals consortium at around uh, 10 billion US dollars capex. And on top of this, there was um, 17 uh, exploration and production deals. Um, and this is m- way more than previous years. Um, so major sales of gas and oil blocks anywhere from Nigeria to Oman. Uh, the list was topped by uh, energy transfers, uh, 7.2 billion uh, US dollar acquisition of Enable Midstream partners in the US uh, late in the year. Uh, these kinds of big energy deals, uh, I think, are you know responsible for propelling countries like Norway and Saudi Arabia, uh, usually much you know smaller fish uh, up the league tables for the total deal value. Norway, for instance, jumped from position 54 to 19, Saudi Arabia from 36 to 9. And on, on the Saudi Arabia, you know, the Middle East was carried by oil and gas last year. Um, of the nine deals in that region above, uh, one billion US dollars, about six were in oil and gas. You know, companies like Saudi Aramco and, and Adnoc, you know, Abi, Abu Dhabi National Oil Company, you know, they realized the value of spinning their sprawling portfolios off to deep pocketed infrastructure funds. Uh, and I suppose, you know, the, the ongoing energy crisis and the subsequent driving up, you know, gas and oil prices, it means that, you know, infrastructure investors are realizing that these are strong and stable revenues, uh, just consistently delivering, you know, strong numbers to uh, their shareholders. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, one clear result from our reports was that 2021 was the biggest year on record for project finance activity. Yes, John. I mean, the high number of deals reaching financial close this year that we mentioned before is totally linked to higher figures in the uh, project financing activity. Especially loans, uh, actually more than bonds, have increased their numbers, their figures, compared with the previous four slash five years. This is surely connected to the fact that pricing of private infrastructure debt has been influenced by low interest rates. On our global and regional league table report, we have this top lenders by value chart. And just imagine that 19 out of 20 banks have increased their yearly values year over year in terms of money lent, which, I mean, is the data that reflects properly this, this growth, right? And also, if we look at specific sectors, it's indicative the trend of some expanding markets. Uh, I'm thinking about like uh, telecoms, for instance, which includes data centers and fiber optics. And imagine that in the past two years, the product financing figures have almost doubled. Yeah, I agree there. I think um, on the you know, the global sector split was remarkably similar to last year, but you know, telecoms deserve a special mention for having another, another big year, uh, defined by you know high value fiber co spinoffs. It's generally a, a trend that started a, a few years ago with you know telecoms companies partnering with infrastructure investors to finance their ambitious FTTH or FTTP programs, you know, rolling out ultra-fast broadband to customers in their millions. But, you know, this year in Italy alone, you know, KKR and Macquarie paid in the billions for stakes in, in fiber JVs sold by Telecom Italia and Open Fiber. Uh, other key deals uh, include a six billion US dollar fiber JV between Allianz Capital Partners and Telefonica in Germany. Uh, pardon my German, but Unsere Grüne Glasfaser. Meanwhile, in the US, the Stone Peak Infrastructure Fund paid over you know eight billion US dollars uh, for TBG Capital's cable and fiber optics company Astound. So it's clear that you know fiber deals continue apace as investors seek to profit from the growing demand for faster connections. 
Uh, you know, already this year, seven you know billion dollar fiber deals are pending financial close, and that's mostly in the M and A space. Interesting. Okay. We've gotten into the regions a little bit. Let's talk a little bit more about regions. Uh, where did the most activity take place this past year? Well, if we go more locally to the Americas, the U.S. confirmed again as the main market and imagine that they accounted for almost 30% of the total global activity, which is a big number. However, even if this deal value increased, the number of deal reaching financial close decreased. The take out here is that the numbers were affected by big deals. We recorded many big M&A deals driving this figure. I'm thinking of Canadian Pacific acquiring Kansas City Sounder, which is a transportation company in a $33 billion deal, or Blackson uh, that acquired a data center company named QTS Realty Trust for $10 billion. If we go south, uh, if we move to Latin America, Brazil has been once again the driver of the region. Uh, accounting for almost the 50% of the total market of Latin America and Caribbean. And Brazil was also one of the best year-over-year performers. Uh, it ranked fourth in the uh, location rank- ranking chart we produced uh, following uh, the US, the UK, and Australia. Hmm. Okay, interesting. Well, what about outside of the uh, Western Hemisphere? Yeah, yeah, just to say that first in Europe, you know, it was definitely a less remarkable story with you know, the usual top five, you know, UK, Spain, Germany, France, and Italy, they all, they all hold similar positions, uh, held similar positions to last year. But no, yeah, as mentioned, Saudi Arabia and the UAE were the main players in the Middle East, considering the big ticket energy deals. There were no African entries in the league table top 25, but Nigeria is notable for having three of the continent's top 10 biggest deals across energy and transport sectors. In Asia and Australasia, uh, Australia usually leads the region. It does this year. Um, but it also stands out for the number of big ticket deals. It did have the lowest number of deals uh, which reached financial close uh, in a number of years, but the total deal value was still around the same at about 52 billion US dollars. And it's thanks to, a, you know, big, big deals across a diversity of sectors, including the massive 8.4 billion US dollar Northeast Link motorway PPP. Uh, unsurprisingly, in, in Asia itself, China leads the way thanks to some big energy and renewable M&As. Um, but there's also a 3.3 billion metro PPP in the port city of Tianjin, which reached financial close in June. But ge- generally, in some across all regions, there were strong performances driven by you know the revived appetite among infrastructure investors following the pandemic. Interesting. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about fundraising, uh, where we also had a record year. Uh, what's uh, tell us a little bit about what happened last year and what what's the outlook for this year? Sure. Yeah, fundraising had a, a big year, record year, as you said. Uh, total annual fund capital raised uh, at final close last year was. Close to 110 billion US dollars, a new high. Notable mentions include KKR, which in the second half of 2021 surpassed its initial target of 12 billion US dollars, and it's on track for a 17 billion US dollar final close later this quarter. Uh, meanwhile, the latest, uh, largest fund to close last year was uh, EQT Partners Infrastructure Fund 5, which reached a 17.8 billion US dollar final close. Moving to the renewable space, uh, Copenhagen Infrastructure Partners' fourth fund reached a 7.94 billion US dollar final close, and that's by far the largest renewables fund to date. 
And on that topic, renewable and energy transition funds made up around 22% of the total capital raised, uh, with about 15 funds reaching final, final close during the year. And again, that's by far the largest proportion of such funds raised. And such activity is definitely set to continue uh, with you know, Brookfield Infrastructure Partners. Uh, it's set to launch its fifth infrastructure fund with a staggering target of 25 billion US dollars this quarter. And meanwhile, similarly, Global Infrastructure Partners uh, is set to launch its fifth fund also. And although the target size is not yet clear, generally the funds have been sized similarly to Brookfield's. Uh, for more information, uh, if anyone's interested, you can read the fundraising report written earlier this week uh, by our head of funds research, Pablo Martinez. Yeah, and so so it sounds like uh, 2022 may be on track to be another record of uh, uh, fundraising and activity here. Alex, Julio, I thank you both for joining us, and thanks to all of you, our listeners, for turning in to our latest Crossroads podcast. Be sure to click the links below to read uh, our league tables and fundraising reports, as Alex mentioned. Until next time, I'm John Wyland.